This is the Introverts Bubble Podcast with a nung of courageous creativity, a place for introverts and homebodies to get out of their heads and have more adventures, where we talk about the topics that introverts need to air out, ways around a loud world, talking about home, work, and everything in between, because there's nothing wrong with us, but we got problems, and we'll do things our way, alone if ever possible. All right, hey guys, today we I have Mary on with me, and so... Hey, Mary, can you just kind of give an introduction of who you are and what you do? Hi, Anang. Thank you so much for having me on today. Um, My name is Mary, and I am the host of the Simplifiers podcast and also the CEO of the company as well. Um, The Simplifiers, um, just to give you a little bit of background information, I launched the company way, way, way back when in 2003, way back when as an events management firm. So we produce large-scale events for uh, major corporate brands, people like Google and Facebook and Microsoft and Intel and all those guys and hundreds and hundreds of weddings and high-end social events. We really specialized in non-traditional events and thinking about things differently and and fun. Um, And, you know, my business has evolved over the last 15 years and it's exciting to see the evolution of that brand as it grows as well. So now we do online education. We uh, host a podcast and we take topics either in business or in life and simplify them and uh, really help female creative entrepreneurs all over the world who need a little help in simplifying uh, the operation side of their business. Um, so either coaching them or providing virtual assistance for them, you name it. So that's, that's my jam. That's what I do now. Oh yeah. I, I definitely have to I need to simplify my life. I was I was listening to your podcast earlier because we connected on I was like women in podcasting or she po- she podcast yeah yes. there you go what a great group oh, yeah incredible women I've been I have I my poor podcast like queue is just so long because I have, I finally found some great people and some great subjects and when, yours is one of them and I was kind of like, oh thank God because I had moments where I'm like I don't know what to do now like I'm I'm I had to take a moment to just get outside of the business and seeing where I'm going because I was having too much of like. I'm just inside just creating stuff and doing things and not knowing where I'm going. And it's kind of been my problem. Oh, I mean, for reals, the struggle is real. And it it is, I think, exasperated by the fact that uh, our relationship to our phone, to technology, to social media has dramatically changed, even literally like in the last two or three years as well, that I think has just changed the playing field for small business owners and entrepreneurs like you and I. Um, I mean, I was just saying to a girlfriend of mine, like, it's funny, I post something on Instagram for my business nowadays, you know, in modern day 2018. And if I don't get 30 likes within like the first two hours of being, I'm like, what is wrong with humanity? Like I just had this moment of like, oh, I've poured my heart and soul out on the table. What? And like, hello, that's that's a red flag. Like I have the, um, do you know the app Time Hop? I have that on my phone as well, which basically aggregates all the places you were like say seven years ago. This is a photo from, you know, seven years ago or whatever. And I have things that pop up like, you know, that are very, you know, heart-wrenching and vulnerable and things that I put on Facebook seven years ago and I got maybe like two likes or whatever. I don't remember seven years ago just being gutted that no one is validating my existence online. So it's just such an interesting thing to me that um, 
the the relationship to our phone has definitely changed. And I don't know if it's for the better yet, regardless if you're an introvert or an extrovert. And yeah, that seems to be a big thing that I'm really passionate about tackling and ultimately simplifying. Yeah, I've been I'm decent with it because I've gotten in the habit of just I don't want to know the feedback right away, which is kind of my introvert thing where I want to put it out there because I need to for my business and stuff like that. But I don't want to know what people are saying. So I literally, I'll literally like turn everything off. And then I'm like, I'll look at it like two days later. Cause I'll look at yeah. like, okay, Instagram. I had some, I had some, <clears throat> some like comments and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm not going to see anything for two days. And I'll look at it. I'm like, Oh, okay. So I got like 50 likes. That's, that's not bad. And like two comments, yeah. one of them spam. So I'm not, I'm going to ignore that one. <laughs> Thumbs up. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or something. And then it's kind of like, look at, check out my blog for links. I'm kind of like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think that's a, that's a wise um, coping strategy um, for sure. I think for me personally, I start to realize like social media is not bad. But let me just be very clear. I'm not like a Buddhist sitting on the top of a mountain, like a monk and, and not using social. You'll, you'll find the simplifiers everywhere in any social media channel. I like to think of social media as a vehicle. It's not the end game. It's the vehicle. And the vehicle takes you ultimately, if you're doing it right, to in real life connection, like conversations, connection, collaboration, all of that. And, you know, when I say connection, that doesn't necessarily mean a sale, you know, like, oh, this is going to lead somebody to buy a thing. No, it's just like a connection. And and I think the power of meeting people either at a conference or, you know, on a phone call or over a cup of tea is quite powerful. Um, and that's where the magic is. So we have to change our relationship and our expectation of what social media is. Cause I think a lot of times, um, and I've certainly been guilty of this in the past as well, of looking at social media as the thing that fills the hole in our heart of wanting connection and friends and validation and all of that. Um, I mean, I moved from the States, from Austin, Texas to the UK uh, nearly four years ago and talk about like, God, I don't even know if I could have done it 10 years ago without social media because I do still feel close to all my family and friends, you know, because of the connections on social. But again, now I've changed my my framing of how I look at it um, so that it becomes the vehicle that helps us get connected in person. So when I travel back to the States, I see my people and, and, you know, that's really important. Yeah, definitely. When I was in, um, I I lived in Ireland for a year and now that's really hard. Like I, I actually lost a few friendships because that was before social media was like really big. And um, before they allowed you to kind of have, like, I was, it was hard for me to get on Facebook there because they were like the settings were like well no you're in Ireland so you only have to see your Irish people and I'm kind of like no I need to go back to talk to my family so it's like other than like two friends and my mom like I didn't talk to anybody back at home until like came back for Christmas like break and so it was really hard for that and the idea of like I could I can move away now because I know I'll be okay because I have friends all over the country still and that's that's definitely a lot more helpful yeah let's keep it connected with people 
I I had read somewhere, and I I really resonated with this, is that beyond the basic human needs, so water, food, shelter, right? Um, What humans really, really need in life, and no, it's not a designer purse or a fancy car. What, What humans, when you boil it down, what they really need is love and connection. So they want to be able to feel love and receive and give love and then connect not only with others, but feel like they can connect with themselves and belong somewhere. Right. So when you got that um, and, you know, by the way, I know that the podcast is the introverts bubble. Like I'm not saying that you need to have a bazillion friends and connect and be the center of the spotlight by any means. No, no, we just Um, need like a couple. (laughs) just your people, right? Like you just need your people, the people that really, truly know you. When you peel back the curtain, they actually know your junk inside, right? And they still love you anyways. Like you just need your people. Um, And that's so important. Um, And I think this day and age with technology, what happens is in the vein of being efficient and doing all the things and, and, you know, super, super, super go, 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 we isolate. And we pretend that we're connected. We pretend that we belong because, oh, look at all the Facebook groups we're in, you know, like all of that. But the truth is, is when you actually in real life, face to face, making eye contact, that's where the magic is. And we need it. Our soul needs it. And I actually have been this last like few months has been kind of, I pulled back on, I'll show a couple of my own products and everything else on social media, but I've been very big on, I'm connecting with other people. I've gotten um connected with a couple of groups that are in my area i actually go to meetups and everything else and it's been actually really Mm -hmm. great and it helps too because now that i go out and do other things like other events and stuff like that i start recognizing people it makes it less less anxiety less like weird you don't you feel weird like i actually have someone like oh hi like i have someone to actually like recognize and everything else and that makes it so much easier to do more things in life and because After a while, you kind of, it gets too hard to get out there that you start just sitting at home more and more and more. Well, you're not meant, I mean, humans are not meant to do all the things that we think we are capable of doing all by ourselves. I mean, you know, you have to, at some point, get help or at least even having just a couple of people that are your sounding board who you can bounce ideas and frustrations and rants and all of that off of um, so they can spin you in the right direction. Life is so much better, so much better when you're with others, um, without a doubt, you know? Um, I think that I'm, I'm a huge believer in that. Oh, yeah, definitely. So just talking about your podcast and everything else, like you do talk about having like a thriving mindset. Like what are some ways that you that you believe are really helpful for people because especially with introverts we kind of have we think about things to death and then we'll go in yeah. circles and then we'll start like second guessing ourselves and things like that like how do we kind of get our way out of that to keep thriving yeah so i i want to tell a little story um to back into that answer because that's a big one um you know at growing up in texas uh, as a little girl um i was deathly and i i do mean deathly shy like you know take the shyest person you can think of in your circle of friends and multiply it by 100 that was me that i was that girl 
right? Um, I was bullied. I had my, I had the Mary Lou Retton, very short haircut of the eighties. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, oh, I'm so sorry. nodding their head. Yeah, I had that. Um, and for some reason, I also had these like barrettes that look like crayons um, that I put in my hair to somehow make myself look whatever. And I distinctly remember as, you know, a seven-year-old girl being bullied by uh, a little boy who's like, why is your hair so short? Why are you a boy? Why are there crayons in your hair? Blah, 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 right? Like we've all had those horrible moments where somebody has said something devastating and it's stuck. I mean, I'm 40 years old now and I can see that moment that was literally maybe a 10 second moment in my life. So crystal clear because it's anchored down into my limiting beliefs and my, my, um, what I think and know is true the stories. Right. And, you know, that set me on a trajectory of being an absolute introvert. Um, because being anything other than that was too scary. Um, jumping out of the box, no way, uh-uh, because that just means somebody else is going to make fun of something else about me. Uh, and it was hard. And I don't know what it was, but I literally had a moment. One day, I was 12 years old. Maybe it's the hormones, <laughs> puberty, you know, as you change. <laughs> Um, but I do distinctly remember being 12 years old. And I think it was like seventh grade where I woke up one day and I felt like I had a divine nudge. And I have a lot of these. It sounds weird, but like I just get whispers every now and again that either tell me, hey, go do that. Hey, go talk to that person. Hey, stop that. You know, um, and this is one of my very first divine nudges or whispers. And it said to me very clearly one morning, hey, Mary do you really want to live like this? Like, is this really the best life? Um, and I'm not saying being an extrovert is better than being an introvert. Um, quite the opposite. I think you do you and whatever works best for you is the answer. But what was actually happening in my life was I was masking or I was calling myself an introvert, but I actually was just afraid. I was just literally afraid of showing up being called stupid or not fitting in. I've never fit in, but by the way, spoiler alert, <laughs> like not once ever fit into anything ever. Right. Uh -huh. And, you know, I just had that moment of like, no, you know, I, I don't want to be somebody who only has one friend. I don't even think I had one friend at that point either. Like, you know, I want a different life and I want to experience a fuller life. And this is not my best life. And, you know, all it takes is one, like literally one friend. And so I remember her dearly. Her name is Wendy Trailer. <laughs> Great name, especially in the South. Uh, Wendy Trailer, And she was totally into country music and tight jeans and two-stepping. And she was my girl. She was my friend that pulled me out and said, hey, there's a different way of living. Come come under my wing. Let's, let's be friends. And from there I grew and blossomed and made other friends and built my confidence and, you know, ultimately changed my mindset on who I am, how do I show up in the world and, you know, really built that kind of, um, sense of self-worth that just wasn't there before. Um, and yeah, that was huge. That was 100% a turning point for me. And so in kind of talking about that, um, 
it's fascinating to me, flash forward now to 2018, I'm 40 years old, way older, um, a few more gray hairs. Uh, and doing the podcast is so fascinating to me. And here's why. So on the Simplifiers podcast, our basic premise is this. I interview super smart people all over the world and they take one topic either in business or in life and simplify it. Like that's it. So Bitcoin, simplified. How to be a vegan, simplified. I don't know. How to make a million dollars, simplified. Um, and it's so fascinating to me that Every single episode, and I mean, like, I don't even try to push it, like every single conversation circles back to mindset, every single one. So how to be a vegan requires the right mindset to truly adopt it as a lifestyle change. How to understand Bitcoin and make money with it requires a mindset of abundance and, you know, just expectations and, and how you manage money. So it's, it's so interesting to me as I get older, I realize that actually the brain is the strongest muscle in my body. Without a doubt, when I train my brain, when I shift my mindset, every single aspect of my life is different. My physical body, my emotional state, my spirituality, my business, my relationships. I mean, every single bit changes because of your mindset. Oh, definitely. And I've, I've been realizing that like as I got older, it's just once I decide on it, no matter what else is going on, I'm like, I can get it. I It took me a good year before I actually started doing Ariel because I knew about a place and I wanted to try it and everything else. And once I finally decided it, I took the one class, intro, and then I kind of took a month off because my body was all kind of rebelling against me. But yeah. once I decided after that, like, no, I really enjoyed that. Fuck the pain. It was worth <laughs> it. And believe me, it was painful. Yeah. It's still painful. After almost three years of doing it, it's still painful. <laughs> do you do silks or do you do the hoop? Or I do um, mostly Lyra, so the aerial hoop, and then I do hammock silks. And I just so started doing fun. on the, the cube, too. Sweet. Yeah. No, I've done um, hoop before and oh my God, it's so painful. You have muscles where in places that you never knew existed and you will also have bruises in the craziest of places. Yeah. No, I have so yeah, many but, blood oh. blisters too, because you, you have so much pressure on there that it starts like breaking the blood vessels a little bit. And then... everybody's going, why do you do it again? <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> because know. Because it's awesome. <laughs> like everyone, yeah. my whole family looks at me like they love looking at the pictures and the videos. And then they look at my body and like, are you okay? I had to keep reminding my doctor. She has to put a note in for every time I do a physical to ask me where all the bruises are. And don't worry, I'm not being abused. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. But I mean, you know, take that. That's a perfect example. So a lot of times people will go, yeah, I can't hang off of silks 30 feet off the ground. I'm not strong enough for that. Like, you, you know, that's your brain immediately making a snap judgment going, nope, uh-uh, we can't do that. This, this body cannot do that, right? And the reality is with um, silks or hoop or anything, you know, doing planks for, for crying out loud, it does suck the first, you know, week, two weeks, month that you're doing the training. But the truth is, is when you do it and you do it again and again and again, consistently training that part of your body, 
all of a sudden it becomes stronger and it builds the muscle that it needs to, in order to do it. And every single time I've ever done um, an aerial class consistently, this is really important. I can't just do one and then not do it for six months and then do it again. It will always be painful. Spoiler alert. But you know, if you do it consistently, you leave feeling like, man, I am so strong. Like that felt incredible. Look at me go. And and you see the progress. And I dare say the analogy is, is exactly the same when you're training your brain, when you are shifting your mindset over time with consistency, you too can shift it there as well. Yes. And especially the point of like doing it over and over again, your mind starts realizing it, it remembers that last time wasn't so bad. And, yeah. it, and the time before that was maybe a little harder, but it's getting better each time. And your body, your mind's let, releasing, which kind of holds in your body sometimes. Because when you sit there, yeah. when you first do aerial, like your hands kill you because you're like death grip everything. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just letting your body hold it. Like I literally was talking to another girl and she's never done like a, um, they call it a gazelle split in there. So you're upside down and you're, you're held up by the crook of your hip bone and your mm-hmm. leg. And... I was like, no, you, literally, you have a moment of, like, you get into it, and the second you let go, like, your body has to shift, like, a, like for a second, and you freak out because, like, oh, shit. But then your body settles into where it needs to be because where you're holding it is very different than where if your body needs to hold itself up in there. And so your brain, after a while, that is okay with it because it, you're yeah. working it out enough that it's releasing itself. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I, I'm a firm believer. Um, a coach of mine taught me this years and years and years ago, and I, I just love it so much because it, it really is true. In each, inside of each of us is a masculine side, a feminine side, and a childlike side. So no matter what your gender is, I believe we have all three of those elements inside us. So the masculine side is that drive, that go, 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 deadlines, data, you know, crunching, hustle, grind, all of that nonsense, you know, is, is inside of all of us, right? And spoiler alert, I tend to sit in the masculine a lot um, to my own detriment sometimes. The feminine side is flow and ease, and nurturing, um, really being gentle and squishy and loving, um, kind, empathetic, all of that. So, you know, a lot of times people talk about when they're creating art or painting or dancing, they feel in the flow. That's that side of your human psyche. And then the last side is the childlike side. That's play. That's spontaneity. That's adventure. That's getting your fingers muddy and in the dirt, like doing something crazy and fun, getting up on the Lyra, doing a crazy splits, you know, going for it. Like that's that spirit. So I think sometimes um, our brain sits in the masculine and especially when it's saying, hey, no, we can't do this, Mary. Uh, no, no, this is not possible. What your masculine side is actually saying, your brain is saying is, I don't see data points in anything that I'm seeing. <laughs> that yeah, and it does, it does feel like that. Oh, my God. It just feels like I don't have an, a sufficient amount of research here. Right. <laughs> so, so you're like your masculine side say, nope, there's no data points that proves that I'm not going to bust my ass and fall right on my head. Right. So we're going to hold on tight for dear life or even worse. We're not even going to try. We're not even going to show up. 
We're not going to submit that speaker application and, you know, take the stage at that conference that I've always wanted to be at. We're not going to submit that proposal. We're not going to pick up the phone and talk to that person and close the deal, you know, because that's your, your masculine going, nope, I don't think we can do this. And it's, you know, at that point, that's fear. I mean, like, like let you call it whatever you want. That's fear. And a lot of times I think the fear inside all of us, which is universal, we all feel the same universal fears in life, is sometimes just there trying to protect you. They're going, it's like your fear is going, oh, this is scary. You're going to get hurt. Let's not do this. Um, and play safe, play small, you know, and it's trying to protect you. But in reality, if you know that getting up on the lira or the silks or whatever it is in your life will actually make you stronger, make you have the best life and, and do awesome things, that's at that point where you you have the power. You have the control to tell fear, hey, thanks. Thanks for that feedback. Appreciate it. Time to sit in the backseat of the minivan. I'm driving the bus. You know, like it's okay and be bold and step out. Yes, because it's, it's always going to be there. No matter what you do, totally. even though I know how long I've been training, there's still that fear back there, but I'm, but I'm, I have to let it, I just let it go for a little bit. Cause like, we've done this before. I have not died. We're going to be okay. You have a hundred percent success rate of no death all yes. the way up to this point. <laughs> you have done really well, you know, like trust and know you can trust yourself that, um, you can take this on and you can do it. And Hey, even if you do break a leg, heaven forbid, you fall off, you know, something stumbles, you make a big freaking fool of yourself. You know what that is? Failure is learning. Failure is not also the end game and this is it, we're done, game over. Failure is learning. So you have to shift that in your mindset as well um, and say, okay, well, what did I learn from this situation? How can I do it differently next time? Yeah, no, I, I actually had, was it three months ago? I pulled a muscle. While I was <clears throat> while I was practicing, and I was out of commission for a month and a half, it sucked. But yeah, like my body after a while was kind of like, oh my god, we can't do that again. It's like I pulled muscles before. Calm down. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And it, it it comes back to trust. I think um, you have to trust um, that your body can do the thing. You have to trust that you know the situation. Even if you blunder it up, you're not going to die right? You're going to be able to walk away from this. Um, your, your ego might be a little bit hurt, but you, you'll you be fine. Yeah. I think it requires that, that deeper level of trust. Yeah. And I feel like enough people don't, they haven't done enough inner work to realize the difference between your fear, your ego, and what's really you. Because like your yeah. ego is kind of, they try to, everything in our society right now tries to merge everything together with that. That's all one thing. And it's not like your ego can can get you places because like, that's the place they get to like doing new things. Like, yeah, I know the subject and talk about this, but it also is the one where you don't quite listen to everyone else. And so it's right. kind of one of those things where like, you need to know what's really part of you. What's the ego? What's the kid? What's the male masculine and feminine and all that stuff. Like you need to have, you need to do enough inner work to realize what is there and what's not. Yeah. And it takes time. I mean, I'm nowhere near <laughs> perfection. Let's be very clear. Um, but I certainly know a lot more now at age 40 than I did at age 20. And I um, honor 
that, Mary? You know, there there are different snapshots of me um, from age five to the 12 year old that had the turning point to the 20 year old to the 40 year old. And, you know, I'm sure hopefully I'll live to 102. Um, these snapshots are part of who you are. These moments in your life, these experiences that you're having, like right now in the present moment, um, are part of your album, your photo album in your brain and your heart, right? And so you have to, I know this sounds a bit crunchy granola, but just go with me here. Like you have to honor each of these Marys, each of these snapshots and, you know, have to kind of look at them with gratitude and say, thank you. Thank you for that lesson. And here's where I am now. And that's, that's where the powerful soul work happens of shifting your mindset is going, yep, that was a story I believed for a very long time. And that served me well as a coat of armor to keep me protected from scariness and failure and fear and all of that. But that coat of armor is no longer serving me or I don't actually need that coat of armor. And hey, wouldn't it feel great if I could take that 40 pound chainmail suit off and feel lighter in life and give yourself that permission to evolve and change and grow? Yes, definitely. And I, I, I always kind of remember some people that like you don't don't need to be ashamed of what you did in the past. Like if you need to learn from it, you need to move on from it. Like, but but don't think you you can erase it. It's there. You need to acknowledge it for what it is and yeah. move on. Like I've yeah, had too many people go. that would just like one bad thing happens and they let it rule their lives for years to come. It's like, what's the point in that? Like that's not that's not who you are now, and that's not who you should be for one thing you've done. Yeah. Well, and I think again, as our human psyche and our brains are fascinating, crazy muscles. Like I don't think dogs and potbelly pigs go through quite so much strife as what we put ourselves through with our brains. But, you know, we we're looking for data points. We're looking for stories that we can use as anchors that help us understand the world and understand who we are and how we show up in the world. So when, you know, stinky things happen and failure and blunders and, you know, horribleness, it's you have a choice in that moment. Do you have a choice in your brain to believe the story that you've just said to yourself of, of what actually happened, the explanation, or you have the choice to believe something different? I mean, we're in the day and age of fake news, right? People are believing craziness right now, left, right, and center. That is not at all anchored in facts. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's no difference in kind of what your mindset believes and, and all of that. So I just personally, it's not like I'm delusional. I just choose to believe in the light. I choose to believe in the goodness of people and the goodness of myself and the, the life work that I've been put here to do. And yeah. And when I believe in that and when I have a deep spiritual practice, um, you know, that re is rooted in meditation and journaling and self care and connection, um, life is better. Well, I mean, life is significantly better for me. It's when I notice personally, when I isolate, when I shut down, when I numb, you know, whatever way, shape or form that looks like, um, when I lose connection with other people and reality, that's when things get dark and that's when it gets scary. 
uh, for sure. Oh, yes, completely. I've seen that before. I've had some of the moments that are the worst in my life. It's I've isolated myself more and more instead of reaching yeah. out for other people because it's the idea of, well, it's my problem. It needs to stay with me. And it's like, it doesn't yeah. always have to be that way. Like you don't it's have my to- ish. I don't want other people to know about my ish. Like, oh, or you, you start to go through that, that loop of thought process. Nod your head yes if this is you, if you've ever said this to yourself. Um, oh, well, gosh, I don't want to trouble other people with my problems. They've got way bigger problems than me. And I just, you know, I'm going to go sit over here by myself and suffer. You know, like, and it's it's the the endless loop the negative self-beliefs, the stories that we tell ourselves. And again, you can visualize an anchor. Those stories are anchoring you down in the place that you are right now. So if you have ever said to you yourself, I am not smart. I am fat. I am ugly. I am not worthy. I am incapable of handling spreadsheets. Whatever your ish is, like, what I would actually want to plant as a seed in your mind right now is this, and listen to my voice. Is that true? Is that really true? And if it isn't, if there's even a glimmer, like a little crack in there that says, no, not true, just pick at that a bit. And, you know, I am a big believer in a seven minute timer. So literally get your phone out or get one of those old fashioned egg timers, set it for seven minutes. Seven is the magic number. And I'll tell you why in a second, grab a journal and write down at the very top, uh, you know, whatever your limiting belief is, I am fat. I am unlovable. Uh, I can't trust other people, whatever it is. And then I want you to take that seven minutes and journal out why. Why do you believe that is true? And just see what comes up, like pen to paper, don't edit, don't read what you're writing, just literally brain dump and vomit out onto paper with your pen, everything that comes up in seven minutes. And the secret to why seven minutes is important is this. Seven minutes is like the perfect formula amount of time, in my opinion, to focus on one project, one task at a time. It's long enough to focus and get clarity. It's short enough that you're not going to get distracted by, you know, bings, pops, and notifications on your phone and, and desktop and get diverted to something else. And I just encourage you to do this work and, and give yourself this gift of clarity because I believe all of the answers that you seek right now, all the things that is truly challenging you right now in your life and keeping you from your best life is already in you. The answers you seek are already in you. And it's just a matter of you taking the time and writing it out, getting it out on paper so you can visually see it there and go, oh, so this is like this is some deepish, like this is like <laughs> rooted from when I was four years old. And I had no idea this fear was sitting underneath all the things. Because again, this is your mindset, right? These are your anchors. These are your data points. And this is what's dictating to you subconsciously or consciously how you decide, like what you eat today, what you wear, who you talk to, who you don't talk to what emails you send, what business ideas you you bring to the table at the next meeting. You know, it dictates everything. And clarity is truly the first step towards healing. 
Oh, definitely. I've always been a big person on journaling. And I I personally go by a one five ten rule. It's partially mm-hmm. from the uh, Gretchen Rubin's uh, Tendencies um, yeah. book. And I'm a rebel. So I, for me, it's for that being a rebel means I, I don't have any outer inner expectations that will drive me to things. So I need to find like habits to get myself. So I always do anything that takes a minute or less. I will do right away. Five minutes or less. I'll do like four or five of those a day. And if it's 10 minutes or less, I do one or two of those a day, just because if, if I get nothing else done, I get those things done. And yeah. I always make sure it's like, Nope, if I'm going to journal, I'm going to do 10 minutes or less. I usually do like a, I put a 10 minute timer on there, but I almost always go past it because when I'm writing, I need to keep doing because it's the thought I need to finish Yeah, of what's coming yeah. out. Well, and, and remember that, um, when it's in flow, brilliant, go with the flow for sure. Um, but your thoughts are always with you and you can always tap into this intuitive intuition. Um, you can always tap into this gift anytime you want. Um, so, you know, you can journal first thing in the morning. I do that with my bullet journal, five minutes, first thing when I wake up before I pick up my phone, you can journal late at night, just before going to bed. If you just want to get it out of your head and have a good night's rest. I mean, yeah, this is a gift that you can give yourself any time of the day. So what I fall find sometimes is a, a little bit tricky is when you get in the flow, you kind of don't want to stop, right? So you're like, oh, 10 minutes turns into, you know, two hours turns into, well, I'll watch a little bit of RuPaul's Drag Race and then I'll go back to journaling. And then you're like, oh crap, here's my whole day gone. Um, so just be wary of noticing um, if the journaling is starting to take a different turn or is actually um, procrastination sneaking up in there as well. Yes, especially if you pay attention to what you wrote after a while, but if you go past like the 10 minutes, because then it's like, okay, I just went through this thought again. Why I don't need to go over it again. Okay. It's time to stop. <laughs> it's a loop. Yeah. And that's exactly what drives us all bonkers is that these loops keep humming up and they go over and over and over and over. That's fear trying to really nail the thought into your brain and say, hello, wake up. You know, this is scary. This is why it's scary. Did we mention this? It's scary. This is why it's scary. You know, like that's, that's fear working right there for you. And that's where you've got to get clarity and then push through it. Oh, definitely. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. I will definitely make sure um, all your information will be on the blog post and show notes. Yeah, great. You'll definitely see me. I'll have you all over social media once this comes out. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's very kind. Um, yeah, you guys can tune into the Simplifiers podcast. It's really built for uh, any female creative entrepreneurs out there, but any really, it's anyone who wants to simplify. Uh, so you can check it out at the simplifierspodcast.com and basically anywhere where you get your podcast iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud you name it, Spotify, we're there. So we'd love to see you there. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening. For full show notes, links, check out freebies or to give a donation, head over to courageouscreativity.co. Link is in the show notes. As always, please leave a review.